Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Hey, thanks for stopping by the PA booth here at Dodger Stadium where the Dodgers have just beaten the Mets five to nothing in front of 46,884 fans on a partly cloudy, coolish evening here at Chavez Ravine. Clayton Kershaw pitched a masterful game. He was the winning pitcher. He moves now to four and one. J.D. Martinez was the offensive hero after he's been scuffling pretty much most of the season. He had a couple home runs, a solo shot in the third, a two-run home run in the first inning to really set the tone, and he ended up four for five with uh, two runs scored and four runs batted in. And as you hear the strains of Sabor Rami playing out, it was Taco Tuesday here at the ballpark. We had an all-woman mariachi group that played in the pavilion before the game and in the first, third, and fifth innings, and it was a really great night here at Dodgers Stadium. Really, Clayton Kershaw was the story of the game tonight. On the very first batter of the game, uh, Brandon Nimmo came up, and he drove uh, a ball out to right center field. Jason Hayward, who was playing in right field for Mookie Betts, who uh, had the night off and is actually, as I understand it, has been put on the paternity list. I think his uh, wife is about to have a baby. They put him on the paternity list. Jason Hayward filling in in right field, gave chase to that ball in the gap, almost made the catch, but kind of got turned around and dropped it. They ruled it a three-base error, so right away, the Mets had a runner at third with nobody out, and the fans, you could tell, people had their heads in their hands. They are like, oh my gosh, here we go again with these Mets, and uh, Clayton Kershaw said, wait a second, folks, do you know who I am? And he promptly struck out Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, and the kind of fearsome slugger, Pete Alonso, to end the inning without any damage. Really setting the tone for this ball game and giving the Dodgers a very much needed shot in the arm. You could just feel the tension leave the stadium at the time, and you could feel the sigh of relief among the Dodger players who were really inspired by that. And sure enough, the third batter of the game for the Dodgers, J.D. Martinez, came up and drove a, a ball out of the ballpark to dead center field. And that was really good to see him put such a good swing on that ball. Freddie Freeman had uh, singled right before he came up. And then J.D. Martinez drove a ball out of here. In his next at bat, he hit another home run. And then in his next at bat, he singled. And he K'd in the seventh inning but came up in the eighth and uh, got another single. So he, as I said, ended up four for five and really was kind of the offensive star for the game. Clayton Kershaw, with the victory, moves to four and one on the season. But even more importantly, it was the 200th win of Clayton Kershaw's illustrious career. Only three Dodgers have done that. Can you guess who they are? Well, they're the two Dons were the other two, Don Sutton and Don Drysdale. So Clayton joins a very short list of Dodger pitchers who've been able to accomplish 200 wins in their career. Fantastic. Also, he got his uh, 
2,833rd strikeout tonight. He K'd nine batters. I'll give you his line in just a minute, but he became the 22nd all-time leading strikeout pitcher. So that puts him 22 on the K list, passing uh, Mickey Lolich of the Tigers. So Clayton Kershaw, seven innings pitched, only gave up three hits, and only one of those was, you know, had any hard contact at all. Seven innings pitched, three hits, no runs, no earned runs, no walks, nine Ks. He threw 105 pitches, 81 of them strikes. He was on his game. He was a monster out there tonight. He was Clayton Kershaw, as we all know and love. So a fantastic game for the Dodgers. They've evened up this series with the Mets, and we have the rubber game tomorrow at 12-10. Uh, it's a short turnaround for us here in Dodger Vision and for the players, of course, as well. And everybody else that works here at the stadium has to come right back here tomorrow morning, first thing, and uh, finish up this series so the Mets can get away and head off to wherever else they're playing. Once again, the Dodgers beat the Mets 5 to nothing to even up the series at a game apiece. It was a really great night here tonight. It was Taco Tuesday. It was a Vin Scully jersey giveaway night, and we had a really special ceremonial first pitch. There were about 18 grandchildren of Vin Scully and Sandy Scully and five of their great-grandchildren who all came out, got on the third baseline, and um, kind of did a bucket brigade, taking the first pitch ball and, and moving it down the line till one of the young great-grandchildren finally made the pitch to Freddie Freeman. And this is kind of a reenactment of what happened in August of 2012 when Vince Scully threw out the ceremonial first pitch on his first bobblehead night. But instead of throwing the pitch uh, from the mound to then Dodger manager Don Mattingly, Vin walked over to the third baseline where 15 of his grandchildren at the time were standing by and one by one they each passed the ball down the line making Vin's toss to home a little easier. So he leaned on his grandkids to do it. At the end of that, we thanked them all for being here and we said, we miss you Vin. But the beauty is that all those kids, he lives on in each and every one of them. Really, really nice. We had a country singer out tonight to do the national anthem, Brett Young, multi-platinum country singer. He's a Huntington Beach native and tells us he's a lifelong Dodger fan. He was accompanied by Dodger Stadium organist Dieter Rule, and he gave a very soulful and heartfelt national anthem. As I mentioned, we had the uh, Mariachi Las Catrinas, and they are one of the very few all-women uh, mariachi groups and they were fantastic i'm going to play a little bit of uh, of them for you tonight so take a listen Our military hero of the game was uh, United States Army Sergeant First Class Charmaine Owens. She joined the Army back in 2004, right after graduating high school, and she was a combat medic deployed to Camp Bonsteel in Kosovo, that's the former Yugoslavia back in 2008, and to Sharan, Afghanistan in 2011. She was promoted to sergeant, she became an active guard reserve in Long Beach, and then joined the 40th Infantry as a medical non-commissioned officer providing support for the tracing and tracking of COVID-19 during the pandemic. And last November, Sergeant First Class Owens was promoted to her current rank, which is Sergeant First Class. And in June of this year, she'll be deployed to Kuwait. And for her service, she's earned 
Army Commendation Medals, Army Achievement Medals, and Good Conduct Medals. So thank you, Sergeant First Class Charmaine Owens, for your service, sacrifice, and dedication to our country. And I think she had a good time at the ballpark tonight. I think when she uh, walked off the field after we thanked her for being here, she went up and her beautiful little daughter was waiting for her to give her a big hug and was looking at her beaming with pride at her mom. It was really cool. I had a chance to uh, talk on, on the day after Jackie Robinson Day with kind of the gatekeeper of the Vin Scully press box. His name is James Mims, and he's been here for quite a long time. And he's a great guy that everybody loves and respects here. He's kind of a fixture here at Dodger Stadium. And if you ever come up to the press box and ever want to say hello to me or any of the broadcasters or anybody, you go through James. So if you uh, come up to the press box and you ever want to say hi, take a chance that uh, Joe Davis or Oral Hershiser or Charlie Steiner or Rick Monday or even me or DJ Severe or Dieter Rule might come out and say hello, you got to go through James and ask him. And he's a real gentleman. And here's our conversation from earlier in this homestand. They score people for the broadcasters. They have visitors, so I bring them in, give them a pass to, to go to the booth to uh, talk to the, the broadcasters. And uh, I also back up this young lady at the door here in case she don't know anybody. I, I know who they are. I take care of it. Somebody told me you know everybody who walks in here, no matter how long it's been since they've been here. Yeah, I know quite a bit. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of uh, broadcasters from different teams. I know all those. And uh, some sports writers, I know a lot of those too. So it's it's good to know who who the people are when you have a problem at the door there. So that's the problem I t help take care of the, uh, the lady that's uh, security there. Yeah, Lon Rosen last night brought up... Uh Kind of a music luminary last night. Did you did you see who the, he brought in? No, I didn't. Ah. I think it was Jimmy Jam. Oh, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he came up and I guess Lon wanted to introduce him to Dieter, and then he talked to DJ Severe a little bit. DJ Severe was like his heart was pumping like about out of his chest because he's a huge Prince fan, he's a huge Morris Day fan. Wow! And so he really enjoyed meeting him. So obviously, you see some stars coming up here, right? Yeah, I have seen seen quite a bit. Who's your favorite celebrity that's ever shown up here in your, what, 40 my, years of service here? Yeah, uh, Ray Charles. I got to take a picture with Ray Charles coming through here. And uh, What was he doing here? I was visiting somebody. I don't know who it was. I forgot who it was now, but I took a picture when he was coming down the hallway going back out. Oh, he, he came in with uh, uh, Lou Johnson. With Sweet Lou? Yeah, Sweet Lou. He came with Sweet Lou, yeah. So just so I got it right, how long have you been here? I've been here 43 years. Wow. Yeah. So that's 19... 1980. Yeah. Wow. 1980. So you got here right before 81 when Fernando Mania happened and they won the World Series. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was here. So besides uh, meeting Ray Charles and getting a picture with him, what were some of the highlights for you of, of, of being in this position right outside the Vince Scully press box? I got to meet... Uh, Paul Vassal that they played the Lakers made him. Kobe Bryant, he came through here. It's been quite a few people come through here. But for you know it's kinda of tough for me to remember who they were, but and see who else. Uh, like I said, it's in the broadcasters. 
especially the Cubs broadcast, uh, what's his name, passed away though, but Harry Carey. Harry Carey. So what was he like? He was a lot of fun. Was he? Yeah, he was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's, he, he's something else. Yeah. Was he drinking as much as people yeah, said? I, I think so. In some way, you, you never know, but I think yeah, he did. Yeah. But he had a good time. He hey. enjoyed his life. Those are different days, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of things went back then that don't go these days. But yeah, that's true. That's right. Those are good. I had some good days here. Then I uh, see some of the players I uh, met was uh, Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson, I met him. Bob Gibson, a great pitcher from the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I uh, met uh, the catcher from the Cincinnati. Uh, uh, Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. Uh, who else? I met. I didn't get a chance to meet Henry, uh, Hank Aaron, but. I know he came through here, but I never got a chance to meet him because I was I was up here and he was downstairs. So, did you know that Hank's granddaughter, Emily Heidel, used to work here as one of our in-stadium hosts? She spent I think two seasons here, and then she went off to Korea to do some K-pop stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's that's been a while too. So, Hank Aaron, one of the greats. Yes, it were. So yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day. You're an right. African American. Right. Tell me what Jackie mean, meant to you. His legacy, and what you know, what about Jackie Robinson Day here at Dodger Stadium? It's a good day. I met him when I was let's see. I was in, I was going to college, uh, college at Hawaii up in uh, up in Northern California, and uh, I met when Jackie broke in. Uh, no, I think 1947 or whatever. That uh, it kind of make you cry with things that went, you know, where it started out. So. I remember the bomb stormer. He did the bomb stump with the uh, African American team through the South. Because I'm from Dallas, Texas, so I saw him through Dallas, Texas. Ernie Banks, guys like that. Me and Ernie used to talk a lot when he come up here. Uh, he must have been a great guy. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, he had that slogan, uh, "Let's play too." Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I met him. Then I used to play golf with uh, Maureen Wills. I used to play golf with Don Newcomb, Lou Johnson, and uh, since I stopped playing, I used to play with uh, uh, Ken, Lin- Ken Lindro. We used to play a lot every Monday. Kenny Lindro, we yeah. still see you around the ballpark. Yeah, right. Yeah, I still I stopped playing because I almost fell down. I'm gonna fell down playing, so I said it's time to quit. So I seen a lot of people who made it made, made it good for me. Everybody, the press people, they know me. I take care of them. I was nice to him, and I had no problem. Well, you were definitely one of the most respected men, I think, here in this press box, and and you know it it shows the way people treat you. And uh, but I wanted to ask you about Vinny. Do you got a story about Vin Scully, the pre- the man that press box is named after? Yeah, we one went of your back and stories. Yes, we went back a long ways. Uh, Vinny and his his oldest son and my uh, next oldest son they went to high school together at uh, Palisade High. So what happened was uh, Vinny bought his son a brand new car and somebody keyed it. And then his son almost beat the guy down with a bat. So my son had to be the witness and that saved him from, you know, going to jail and all that kind of stuff. So then uh, my son used to go to his house all the time and actually go out and pick him up in Palisades. So we, we was fr- I was friends with him before I started working here. So we got to know each other real well. And just so, just for folks that never got the chance to talk to him personally, he's touched many, many lives, but yeah. he was pretty much the same guy no matter what, well, right? That, that's right. That's true. No matter. No matter what, what, what it was, he's still the same. 
Then after his son got uh, got killed in this uh, helicopter thing, I uh, I used to work downstairs, uh, players uh, clubhouse all the time. And he used to come down, but I never. I used to ask him before that happened. How you know? How's the family? Blah blah blah. But after that happened, I didn't. I never did ask him that because I knew how he felt. So it was too painful to bring. Yeah, up. it was. I didn't bring it up. Yeah, he's a has, good man. Everybody has these challenges in life that we yeah, go through. And that's that's, that's part right. Of the, part of the effort. Yeah, that's you know? right. He was a good man. He was well-respected, well you would say. He was good. So you've been here 43 more, years. 43 years. Right. When, do you, when do you figure you're going to say, you know, enough is enough. I think I'm going to go off into the sunset and play play golf. No, I, I guess. ain't going to play golf. <laughs> yeah. What happened is uh, I thought I was going to do it this year, but then my doctor said, well, you should still go to work. Everybody tells me that. So, okay, well, I'll see. I'll try another year. So I'm trying this year to... It all depends how I feel because I, I have a, a sickness like I got to go to dialysis every Mondays and Fridays. So it all depends how I feel. I have to get through in that, that treatment. So Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's challenging. It is. But no matter how you feel, James, yeah. you got a smile for everybody, a knuckle bump for everybody coming in here, and uh, it's always a pleasure to see you. And thanks for spending a few minutes with me. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, James. All right. You're the best. All right. Well, that's all we got for you tonight on Dodgers Homestand. And once again, the Dodgers beat the Mets. For the New York Mets tonight, no runs on four hits, two errors. For your Dodgers, five runs, nine hits, and one error. J.D. Martinez, the offensive hero, going four for five with two home runs and four runs driven in. Clayton Kershaw, masterful, seven innings of work, nine strikeouts, only gave up three hits and no runs. Got his 200th career win, joining two other Dodgers as the only pitchers for the Dodgers organization that have ever accomplished that feat, Don Drysdale and Don Sutton. And if you make a list with Don Sutton and Don Drysdale and wear a Dodger uniform, that's pretty good company. He got his 2,833rd strikeout of his career. That puts him number 22 on the all-time strikeout list, passing Mickey Lolich, the great Mickey Lolich of the Detroit Tigers. So a great night at Dodger Stadium. Hey, come back for the businessman special tomorrow. You don't tell your boss that you're not feeling well. You got to get out to the ballpark for a mental health day. Whatever it takes, we'd love to see you out here. I'm Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers, and we will see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball, both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts.